This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Once again, that's 855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Daryl. And Mark. Yep, Daryl's a brand new voice on Free Talk Live. Uh, you probably, if you've been listening for a little while, have heard him as a caller to the show. You called us up. Uh, I think most one of the most recent calls was uh, while you were making the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Yeah, I uh, was right after I got stopped in Gaithersburg, Maryland for unregistered vehicle. Called you the next night. I was somewhere in New York or Pennsylvania. I, I don't even really remember exactly where I was that night. Well, it's good to have you in here. Uh, what are you up on now? Third week in New Hampshire? Uh, I'll be three weeks tomorrow at roughly 2.45. Wow. That's that's pretty accurate. So you just moved for the Free State Project? Yes. Um, what's How's employment looking? A lot of people want to know this. Uh, well, I'm currently waiting on a background check to clear, which as long as they don't care about some traffic tickets in South Carolina, then I will have employment hopefully beginning next week. I'm going through a staffing agency, and they are always hiring. Yeah, you know, I think that this is, uh, you know, there's a lot of people around the country that don't have jobs, and they think to themselves, well, if I just move for the Free State Project, I'll move up there and not have a job. But <laughs> most of the people I see that want work come here and get it relatively quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you've got the drive, there is definitely work out there. It helps that New Hampshire is one of the lowest uh, unemployment rates in the country. I mean, obviously, unemployment's... A little worse East everywhere. Mississippi, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's just behind uh, North North Dakota. Mm-hmm. So it's, and they're having an oil sh- a shale oil boom. New Hampshire's not having any kind of boom. It has a localized economy focused on uh, with, with you know fewer restrictions on small businesses. I mean, if all you've got is a cruddy retail or restaurant job where you, where you live, you can have one of those here, too. <laughs> those things are everywhere. And it might actually pay better here. They have signs up hiring. I yeah. mean, how many places around the United States have signs up hiring? So we're going to get to know more about Daryl and, and some of the things he does, including publishing, actually. We'll, we can talk about that here in a little bit. But also, we'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. And that's where we're starting tonight with Ty in Tennessee on the Amp Lines. Ty, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Daryl, and Mark. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. I, I just um, got through listening to the podcast a little bit earlier, and there was a really interesting discussion about uh, drugs and, uh, and pathogens. And I was kind of wondering, and pathogens, are these drugs that actually induce or promote empathy in people? That's how I would describe it, yes. Okay, I'm just wondering. I'm not a psychologist or a doctor or anything like that, but my understanding is, and I may be wrong about this, that, that sociopathy, sociopaths, lack empathy, some completely. And I was wondering if there's been any studies or what would happen if somebody who had that malady was given an empathogen, what kind of an effect it would have on them? That is a fascinating question. And and we could probably see more interesting studies like that if uh, things like MDMA, which is probably the most popular empathogen, the only one I really know and familiar with, uh, if MDMA were legal, 
then all manner of different psychological and scientific studies could be performed. Uh, I think it would be absolutely fascinating to give a sociopath some MDMA and see what the what they thought after that. At this point, sociopath isn't one of those outdated psychological terms. It is or it's, it is not? It is. It it, is. It's an outdated psychological term. What's, it can either, what's the new term? Well, I mean, either a, psych, a true psychopath Psycho? or a antisocial personality disorder is the other one. Isn't and, that just a longer way to write the word sociopath? Well, okay. So people can um, be, you know, go through periods in their life where they're less or more um, empathetic towards other humans. And, you know, so because they exhibit sociopathic uh, behavior at at any given time does not make them a sociopath. Um, And, you know, there's there's jobs and things that uh, cause one to... I mean, try to imagine being a state trooper and passing out tickets all day long. You've got all kinds of people who don't want to give up two or three hundred dollars. Right now in this economy, it's got to be terrible giving up two or three hundred dollars for a speeding ticket and what those people will say and do in order to get out of those those kinds of tickets and what kind of personality it takes to be able to stand in the way of that, to, to imagine that for some reason you're doing such good by passing out these tickets that um, you know, and, and impoverishing Americans that really can't afford it. I mean, you you can imagine how one has to be extraordinarily callous. Certain jobs will create sociopathic behavior. Here's my question about giving sociopaths and possibly state troopers, <laughs> I'm not uh, suggesting MDMA state troopers and other <laughs> drugs along the lines. Would it be completely voluntary, or would you just go around? <laughs> Giving them shots of these drugs to make them fill. Boy, I don't know. I'd, I'd take it either way. Obviously, I'd, I'd rather have them do it voluntarily. But you know, once they're working for the state, if the the state orders them to do something, maybe they would have to. I mean, you know, obviously, there, they could quit their job. People, there are people on the extreme ends. Like, have you guys ever heard of the guy they called the Ice Man? Uh, he was a, a guy that was, an, you know, an organized crime hitman, basically. They, used to kill people and to try to throw off uh, uh, hunting him down, he used to actually freeze the bodies so they couldn't tell when the person died. Mm. Uh, well, I've, I saw a special on him on some TV show a, a while back, and, and they made the mention that he had a complete lack of empathy, and I think it was actually a clinical diagnosis that he had no empathy for people. You know, he just did not care at all for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I'm just kind of wondering, well, what would happen if an empathy-inducing drug was given to them? Maybe it would have no effect? Fascinating question. I, 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 I think that it would have an effect, and it may not be one dosage. Uh, they found that people with PTSD will often recover with a uh, small salvo, and, and in some cases as, as few as one dose of uh, you know, pure MDMA. Um, but I think that you probably could deal with somebody like this you know a few different a few different doses or maybe something uh you know on an annual basis or something like that could certainly it'd be fascinating i mean just to, just to give them one dose and just to see what they said thought felt after that would be absolutely fascinating i wonder about that it's an interesting question ty anything else you want to share tonight yeah i got another question uh kind of related with the empathy thing you you mentioned oh it's been a few days back you mentioned something about some kind of a cultish, non-violent communication thing going on or something like that, and I've been waiting to hear more about that and hadn't heard anything more. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, thanks for bringing it up. It was something we had uh, had on the list of show prep to discuss. It has to do with this, 
I called it a cult in a recent article over at freekeen.com. A self-improvement cult, which is different from a religious cult, is different from like a product cult. Uh, so self-improvement cult. And the, the, uh, the concept is called nonviolent communication or NVC, if you want to go and look it up. And it's something that has recently kind of caught fire uh, to some extent within the Liberty community. There are certain people uh, – Stephanie, your Sunday night co-host, Mark, is, is one of them who's really – one of them, yeah, them. one of okay. those who are practitioners. Of <laughs> Just want to make sure that the, we're, uh, you know, defining our groups here and of the NVC. And uh, Ty, thanks for the call. We'll definitely talk more about it. Eight five five four fifty three. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. So, uh, so Stephanie is a, a pretty, I guess, serious practitioner of this particular communication tactic. I suppose we could call it. And I think the ideas that uh, some of the ideas they're trying to promote are very are very sound. Uh, as I understand it, and I'm sure there's if there's an NVC-oriented uh, listener out there listening, they can call in and correct me if I've misunderstood. Or maybe one of you guys are into it, and I don't know. Are you? Uh, I briefly was gone over with the NVC back about 12 years ago. Oh, okay. I don't really remember a whole lot about it other than you want to try to place yourself in the shoes of whoever you're communicating with. This is a good thing, and I think that uh, there's some value, right? And, and in most self-improvement cults, there's, there's valuable information and there's, there are good ideas, which is one of the reasons why people are so into uh, these things, because they do feel like they're benefiting in some ways. So, I've listened to the book r- relatively recently, a couple a times through. Well, it's a you know it's an audio book, is what I listen to. All right, so well then you I can don't pr- read much anymore. Let's talk more about this here in a moment. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Eight five five four fifty free plus. Coming up, students banned from saying the word freedom. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel. The printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, SACL CAI toll-free line. You can uh, learn more about them at the front page and the top of our website. Uh, 1-855-450-FREE is our number. And on the site, you can actually control the content. You can create the site's uh, items that you'll see there as you go to freetalklive.com, different numbered items uh, run down the page. And those were all put there by listeners just like you. So when you come across something that you think is interesting, submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. Then other listeners can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote on things as well. Head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Uh, on the sites, you can also uh, link through gold.freetalklive.com. You can go there, and we've actually teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some of the best prices you'll be able to find on precious metals on the Internet. It's important when you're investing in precious metals to, well, buy low so that you can sell high. You need to get some of the best rates you can. Gold.freetalklive.com will help you do that. And when you buy through gold.freetalklive.com, 
You also help Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. So uh, we had Ty call in at the top of the show. And coming up, we're going to talk about some outrageous uh, government school-related stories, uh, including kids being banned from saying the word freedom. Uh, Daryl's going to tell us about that. But uh, Ty brought up the question of NVC, this nonviolent communication, as it is called. And uh, we had mentioned it on the air the uh, the other day as something that we could, in theory, talk about. Never got around to it. So since he requested it, uh, we are going to talk about it to ex- to some extent here. Now, this uh, nonviolent communication has been around for a, for a while. Uh, apparently, Daryl, you said you read something on it over a decade ago. Uh, was roughly twelve years ago when I took a job as a prison guard. Oh, Hated okay. every day of the job, but one of the things that we were taught through our training was nonviolent communication when dealing with inmates. So how did you feel about it at the time when you were reading about it? Did uh, it seem hokey? It, did it seem useful? It actually does seem kind of hokey, but at the same time, if you look at it as a way to sort of help you understand communication, it helps you figure out how to put yourself in the place of whoever you're talking to. And that, it, it can help defuse the situation. I think that's useful. I mean, if that's what it's helping people do is to empathize with others or to put someone put oneself in another person's shoes and try to understand how they're feeling about uh, the conversation or what you're saying, that's that's pretty useful. I think it also stops the motion of um, you know conversations that tend to escalate. It uh, it puts the brakes on those, brings in a new form of communication between the individuals, and gives an opportunity for people to find common ground. Well, anytime you are aware of yourself and how you're behaving in a conversation, you're going to do better. So if you're just having a conversation with somebody and you're just talking without thinking, without considering what the other person is really saying, or, or you're angry, or perhaps you're angry, or perhaps you're waiting for your chance to speak, you know, where you're not really listening to somebody, but you're just waiting for them to stop talking so you can start saying what you want to say. These are not good ways to uh, communicate. Being able to uh, having good listening skills is very important. And if that's one of the things they're teaching, this, it helps with that. It, it actually requires you to have good listening skills because you need to be able to mirror back what those people have said. Great. And it, like I said. There's value in a lot of these self-improvement cults out there, but it doesn't mean they're not self-improvement cults. And so I kind of went down a couple of examples in my article, Nonviolent Communication Looks Like a Self-Improvement Cult, over at freekeen.com, which I posted over a week ago at this point. Uh, on some of the hallmarks of these uh, self-improvement cults, I, having been involved in uh, network marketing in the past, have some uh, level of experience with some of these hallmarks. So, for instance, if you go to the NVC website, uh, you can see that you can browse through some of their audio they actually have video cassettes, <laughs> so they're still trying to clear out their old inventory of uh, old VHS cassettes they've been selling for uh, for years. But it has that uh, order our stuff kind of feel, uh, where you even get bulk buy discounts, so you can really go crazy and start uh, you know hooking your friends on this NVC, and then they'll hopefully, I'm sure the NVC people hope they'll start buying into seminars, which cost up to you know several hundred dollars, you know where you can go and take whatever the next level uh, of the course is, et cetera. Well, and that just kind of shouts out, hey, you know, these guys are about making money, and that's fine. I mean, it's fine to, you know, if you've got something valuable, it's fine to make money off of it, but there's just this kind of, I don't know, it's just this feeling that uh, that I get from looking at this like, oh, that's that's just one of those groups. Well, um, I mean, you know, people need to know that before as we're starting out here that you're a skin flint. I mean, like you hate things that cost money, especially intellectual ideas that cost money. But 
everything that I've seen about NVC really only cost me time. I listened to the audio book. People had some videos. I listened to some videos. You know, they weren't particularly long. They were just snippets of uh, the the gentleman who, you know, started the whole thing. I don't remember his name. Um, I I can't remember it off the top of my head. But you know, I mean, you you can listen to just about all this stuff and find out about nonviolent communication as much as you want for free. You don't have to go and buy their stuff. It's available right on the Internet. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, I'm glad to hear that. I'm a, And I was aware that that was the case, uh, just that when I see that stuff online. But Scientology, it's, it's, it's for instance, alert. which is um, like, you know, probably undeniably in most people's mind, some level level of cult. They're going. You can't get their stuff online. Yeah. It's not they available. Lock it down. Period at all. And I think that you've this You've got to get a, to different levels an, and you've got to pay a lot of money to get to those levels. An important distinction between those two is that one is not available, the other one is available, but they make they sell you. Look, if you've got somebody in your life that only has a VHS player, we've got a VHS tape for you. We will not send it to you for free because postage costs money, VHS yeah. costs money, you know, all these things. We have to survive on something. And if you think that our ideas are important, you can buy some of our stuff. But Free Talk Live isn't a cult, and you can help us financially, right? Well, uh, yes. Or is Free Talk Live a cult? No, I don't. Okay. I don't think that uh, that we qualify as uh, as a cult. Um, I don't know, Ian. I, I've heard that uh, supposedly you're the leader of some cult here in Keene. All kinds of uh, accusations like that have been leveled against me, but uh, I take no responsibility for leading anyone. Uh, whatsoever. But it's okay to just level them against someone else. Uh, well, this guy does seem to have a bit of a uh, cult of personality around him. This uh, this guy that created the nonviolent communication. You know what? I don't have the, his name in front of me here. Okay. I just kind of reference him in the article. There's a picture of him here with some sock puppets on his hands, uh, talking to. Sounds one like another. a real dangerous guy. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, just because, <laughs> Mark, cults don't have to be dangerous to be cults. Uh, so just I'm just pointing out some of the factors here. Anyway. This guy here, uh, let's see, there's just a lot of, uh, I guess, reverence around him for for creating, Marshall Rosenberg, for creating this. And uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's getting groupies or anything like that. But the other point uh, that I made was the jargon, which was really the first thing that screamed out to me about this being a cult, was when you listen to people who have been trained in this NVC, and Stephanie says it's only the newbies who talk like this, but uh, they start talking about their needs. And they start they, – they use the word need a whole lot. And it really bugs me because you don't have a need for freedom. You want freedom, but you don't have a need for it. So like uh, Derek J., who normally would be here on Thursday, uh, Tuesday nights but unfortunately cannot be due to a court order, had posted a NVC-laced, uh, I guess, post over at freekeen.com. And that's what inspired me to write this Uh, as a response because he was basically telling these prosecutors what he needs like he needs to be free and he needs this and he needs that and then he wants the prosecutors to meet his needs so he can meet their needs and this and that and like no 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 no. needs are more serious needs are like air and water and uh, you know shelter are you familiar with maslow's hierarchy of needs yes 855-450-FREE that's the SACL cai toll free line more coming up free talk live Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. 
Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll free line. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features that await you there are for free. The Shrine of Female Listeners is included. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. If you are a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Our very own Zeus, as a pro-liberty guy who voices all the liners here on uh, – most of the liners here for us on Free Talk Live and on the Liberty Radio Network, is uh, working on a video game, and he needs some support. It's Ron Swigert's Portal, and this is a 26-year-old science fiction saga where a, a astronaut returns to Earth to find the rest of humanity has vanished without a trace, and only an artificial intelligence named – Homer can set uh, help him uh, can help him find out what's happened. This thing deals with love, tyranny, rebellion, isolation, fear, and a whole lot more. You can uh, learn more about it in the games tab at subliminalgames.com. It's subliminalgames.com. Actually, Zeus does a lot of voiceover work, but this is a project he's very intimately involved in. So we had a gentleman contact us, uh, or Ty tonight had called in to ask about NVC, nonviolent communication. And I wrote up a piece over at freekeen.com about this, pointing out how it sounds to me like it looks and feels like a self-improvement cult. And Mark, as you pointed out, there's some, you know, NBC's got some good things going for it. It uh, puts a lot of its information out there for free, which is great. Uh, and I think that ultimately, if people are getting valuable lessons from it, like how to listen to people and how to try to empathize with other folks, then I think that's good. I mean, there's a reason why people go to these things. Mark, you've gone to something called Landmark mm-hmm. uh, in the past that probably has some similarities uh, between the two. I'd say there's some, yeah. you know, I mean, some. And uh, so if people are, are getting value from it, then that's great. I mean, I'm not one to knock something that people find valuable. Sounds like you are, but all go I'm, ahead. <laughs> all I'm saying is just be careful. That's all. Just be aware of what it is that you're you're getting into because, you know, before you know it, you might have spent, uh, you know, a few thousand bucks on these seminars that uh, Did you that see, have. I mean, an opportunity to spend a few thousand dollars with these uh, seminars? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of seminars. You know, having having listened to the uh, the book and that kind of thing, you'd have to be really into it yeah. to want to go to the seminars and, and that kind of thing. But I think that there's value in this nonviolent communication. I think that we need probably different sort of communication styles um, that, you know, that, that we're – that. You know, people do have needs, and in order to meet those needs, you do need different kinds of communication styles. Our legal system is what they call an adversarial legal system. I mean, how can that possibly result in something good? Two sides juking it out. Um, It's not going to result in anyone meeting anyone's needs either. I mean, let me give you an excerpt here from what Derek wrote originally that inspired me to write up this piece because I was a little concerned uh, about this NVC after I saw Derek's email that he wrote to some of the prosecutors. And I'm pulling this from his article. Article, which he posted publicly over at freekeen.com. Just a couple of his paragraphs. He says, I feel unsettled. This is a, in a, uh, a letter that he wrote to or an email that he wrote to the prosecutors that are going after him for several charges. He says, I, I feel unsettled because I have a need for peace that is not being met. One way my need for peace could be met is if you would drop the charges against me. 
I have confidence in our abilities to create a solution in which all of our needs can be met. In the case that simply dropping the charges would leave your own needs unmet, I would respectfully ask what your needs are and offer the following. And then he goes on to offer a, a plea deal, a potential plea deal. Sounds jargony. It, it, that, exactly. And that's yeah. why I, saw, I thought to myself, oh boy, I better take a look, you know, closer look at this. And it, th- just the term need being thrown around like that, uh, plus there's other jargon involved in this, uh, this NVC. Look – Abraham, if you go look at Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he includes a lot of things that I wouldn't consider needs. So everybody's probably got their own definition of what they consider yeah, needs. Yeah, but Maslow has a lot of gravity around his hierarchy of needs. I mean, he's been – you know, people – just about every educated person knows what the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is. Most educated people don't give a flying flip at a rolling donut what Ian's definition of needs yeah. is. So I think that one needs to take that in consideration when one chooses to define needs. I concur with you that what Derek wrote sounds jargony. And I concur with you that people can spend too much money when it comes to... That's some all I'm of, saying is be careful. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's all you're saying. You're t- throwing around a term cult which is loaded and it may be accurate if you choose to define it in a certain manner but so is the n-word and i don't call my friends that are black the n-word even though it's accurate hey it's accurate whatever so it's a loaded term meant to uh you know throw fire onto a situation that you don't that you that there's no reason to so i'd ask you what lies at the bottom of this for you is it that they want to charge some money for an idea that they have or is it that derek wrote something that sounds jargony or is it both um both of those plus the uh, possibility that there's a, a bit of a leader worship going on as well sure and you know people These that have the hallmarks uh, of self-improvement cults people that Look have ideas Robbins. tend to be allotted for the their ability to communicate those ideas i i would not disagree with that at all but but I've taken, you know, the, I've read these courses, and I don't think that Marshall Rosenberg is God and a God among men. But wouldn't you agree that, uh, you know, Derek, being a guy who's just trying this out for the first time, um, an extrovert that chooses to use a very public forum to mm-hmm. try it out, that you know maybe people that are trying out new forms of communication uh, are going to be somewhat clumsy in trying them out? Oh yeah, no doubt about it. But just if you look at some of the the uh, the NVC long timers, um, people who I have a lot of respect for, like uh, Stephanie, uh, your Sunday night co-host. I like Stephanie a lot. Wes Bertrand. Wes Bertrand is another Complete. one uh, from Complete Liberties uh, podcast. And when uh, I speak to these people, I don't feel that jargony feel. No, but if you look at uh, well, I mean, I, I can't really say I've had a lot of experience speaking to them personally, but. Uh, when you look at some of the things they've been they've been writing uh, in defense of NVC, they're really lengthy, kind of these really really long, like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, and there's really a lot of reverence toward Marshall Rosenberg in there, like as though he is this great uh, creator. And you know, again, if you think you've gotten something valuable out of it, that's cool. But it just it has these hallmarks, it has these little telltale signs of uh, of cultiness, and that's all. I just wanted to point it out to people. Well, I mean, I, it seems to me that your main objection is the use of the word need and using that the term was the, need, the alert. That's that's what set me off. Basically, as something that for me to have peace of mind and for me to be able to sleep good at night, I need this, this and this. What you would consider a want or a desire. Mm-hmm. They're just simply using the term need. And, right. and, it, and it makes them sound me, needy. And, well, uh, and who wants to be needy? It seems that your <laughs> definition of need is only the basic things that you need in order to survive. Well, right, because there's a difference, in my mind at least, between wants and needs. 
I think there's a pretty big difference between those. Well, if we go through the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which I pulled up here, uh, level two, below, above physiological, which is everything that you might call a need, uh, you know, if the bare those, bones need. The, right, the sleep, the uh, security. The, a feeling of security, meaning employment, body, resources, morality, family, health, property. Above that, love and belonging, friendship, family, sexual intimacy. Um, so, I mean, these are all things that I think uh, most people want, and they're very valuable to have. And people pursue these things in their lives. But if they use the word desire, would that make you feel better? I think I think it would. It would. It wouldn't sound as well needy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so health, really lame. Okay, so I think that health um, is. You know, okay. So if you you need to not be shot in the head because it would be contrary to your health. So something that would be you know uh, longer term that would affect your mental health is just as much a need as something in the short term that affects your physical health. Wouldn't you agree? I don't think so. Well, I think that uh, I, I do. I think that things that you need are things that you need, and whether it's long term, term or short term, that those are the cases. And you know, you you, you just need them. And I do think that people need intimacy they need uh reaction interaction with people i think you know interactions with people intimacy these are all very important things but they're not needs you're going to get through the next day if you don't have uh, a cuddle fest uh with somebody the the night prior but you could be insane by the time you get through a, a decade without it you could very well be and then that makes it a need maybe i don't know or at the very least a desire 855-450-FREE i'd like to give you the opportunity to apologize to people for writing this awful, no, I'm not going to apologize for it. Acerbic uh, they, they article. Ha- I'm sorry, it's not acerbic. I say there's some value to this uh, this cult, but I you mean, call it a cult, right? And it's, it's just calling a spade a spade. Eight five five. By this definition, by any other name. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Did you know they're having a conference? You could meet fellow forward thinkers and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. It's May 31st to June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. Discounted registration prior to May the 1st. Special rates for students and the press. Get 10% off with promo code FTL. Get registered before May the 1st at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Seasteading.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links there to different Amazons in different parts of the world. So there's the U.S. Amazon, the Canada Amazon, and the U.K., Amazon. You may choose whichever one is uh, most appropriate for you. And then just get your shopping done. Uh, You can get whatever it is you're looking for and get it delivered to your door and get a great deal because it's the same great Amazon deals and prices and customer service that you're used to. You're just entering through our website, through our links. So Free Talk Live will get a cut of the sale when you go to shop.freetalklive.com. That's shop.freetalklive.com. 
We've been talking about NVC, or nonviolent communication as it is called. I have some concerns about it. Uh, that's, that's all. I'm not saying it's a, a valueless thing. It was not you are a, saying it's a cult. Though. It was not an attack uh, on it. Just calling it like, it's, like it seems to me. It seems like a, it seems like a cult. Well, okay. And, uh, so uh, define and, cult for me because I think that this term cult is intended – is it the, – the term cult is a derogatory term. And like I said, I have friends who are uh, black, but I don't call them the N-word I even know, though I, I could claim that it's accurate. And uh, look, oh, that's a nice dodge. There's different types of uh, there's different types of cults out there. NVC is not one of the more sinister uh, cults. It's it's what I would describe as a self improvement cult, and many self improvement cults have uh, similar factors uh, surrounding them. They're not dangerous. They don't have the same like uh, the fear of leaving like some religious cults do. You know where you're you're worried they're going to come after you or your family or something like that if you decide you don't want to use NVC anymore. It doesn't apl- that doesn't apply. Uh, right. I mean, and I think that that's an important aspect to uh, you know the, this term cult uh, that you know the cults intend to be insular they intend that you either bring somebody into the cult or you cease communication with that person. these are typical of uh you're, what you're describing are typical of religious cults uh but not necessarily self-improvement cults obviously this is a self-improvement cult where they're looking to foster more relationships with other people so yeah it doesn't have that factor either so i uh, I would still like a good definition of self-improvement cult, and I think that's basically what Mark is asking for. Well, when you type in self-improvement cult into Google, the first thing that comes up is Landmark Forum, which is what Mark uh, was involved in a number of years ago. And You know, uh, if, if I look at these two organizations, um, and I think that, you know, I think Landmark Forum was fine, um, you know, but... If I look at these two organizations, I see some distinct differences. First off, uh, Landmark Education does not make available its uh, proprietary uh, information for free. It doesn't? I thought you can bring a friend to their seminars. You can bring a friend to a seminar, but I mean, it's only, you're not going to go online and listen to whatever it is that they've got to say uh, for free, whereas nonviolent communication seems to not go after people that, at, at the very least, not, pe- not go after people that share their, uh, their communication technique, whereas Landmark probably would do that. Uh, they have a, had a rule against note taking and that kind of thing. So according to, uh, let's see, HowCultsWork.com, there are different types of cults. There's the religious cult. There's a commercial cult. When you came up with this definition of uh, self-improvement cult, surely you looked somewhere um, in order to, before you just started writing down the screed, um, you know, where, where was it that you got the definition? Well, I wouldn't say I had a definition necessarily. I know some of the hallmarks of, uh, of cults, and I felt like this met, uh, met some of those hallmarks. So according to HowCultsWork.com, self-help cults uh, are, let's see, cults that use self-help or counseling or self-improvement as their base often target business people and corporations by doing their courses that. and seminars. They claim you and your staff will become more successful. Business people locked away in hotel rooms are subjected to quasi-religious indoctrination as they play strange games, join in group activities, and share their innermost thoughts with the group. Once you've completed one course, you're told you need to do the more advanced course, which naturally costs more than the last. These co- and the, by the way, the NVC has that. Uh, these uh, they well, have they have more it available courses. to you that they will do these courses with you, but you know they make their intellectual property available wide and long. I would suspect that's that- not according to uh, even Wes Bertrand admits in one of his. Uh, 
one of his responses that he made to my post originally on a Facebook thread that the NVC folks do believe in intellectual property. I'm sure they believe in it, but you can go online and you can watch this stuff. I challenge you to find uh, you know this kind of information. You know, say Tony Robbins's course and courses and that kind of thing. Uh, these things are you know much more closely guarded. These cults will sometimes request that you do volunteer work and that you help recruit your friends, family, and workmates. These groups specialize in creating powerful emotional experiences. With which are then used to validate your improvement or your rather your involvement in the cult. I'd say that that absolutely happens as I've been to many different types of seminars, both business and personal, and uh, that they, you know, they they tend to look for these emotional kind of jolts for people and that people will distinguish those as, uh, you know, some kind of proof of something happening. And I think that they can be valuable, but I not sure that they're necessarily life-changing. The religious overtones are couched in terms which don't sound religious. They usually come to the surface as you near the end of a seminar. Many people have been bankrupted by involvement with these cults. So they're just giving you a very general example of what a what a self-improvement cult can be. There Do you have an example of a per, per single person that has been re- bankrupted by the NVC? No, okay. I, I don't. I'm just saying. All I said was, just beware, man. Just be careful. Try no, not. To you get said to- cult, and it, you know, and we've already distinguished that that is a uh, a term that is derogatory. And right. so, if you're going to use a derogatory term, otherwise, it's just an organization. You see, it's mm-hmm. an organization that may have some hallmarks of, of a cult, a cult, or right. something like that. It it feels a little well, said, funny. It said it looks like a cult. Yeah. My, the headline on my article is "It looks like a cult." Here are the hallmarks of uh, of self improvement cults. Here's how, in my opinion, this particular uh, NVC community appears to meet those hallmarks. So I don't they think sell it, some courses. Hmm? They sell some courses. They do. Yeah. They do sell some courses. Free and Talk Live used to offer. And the some courses of its, involve jargon. Used to offer some of its older episodes available for, uh, for sale on CD. <laughs> colleges also sell courses. So Indeed. are colleges self-help cults? Hmm, that's a good question. And maybe uh, they may just be. I'm not sure about that. We we'll have to think about it. Government-run self-help cults. Not all colleges are government-run. I think that one needs to be extraordinarily careful when tossing around derogatory terms, and I don't feel like you're careful here. Well, as I said, it uh, you know you call a spade a spade, and if it meets the if it meets the definition, if everything meets the definition, then you haven't made any. But there's, point, there's you don't have to meet 100 uh, percent of what every self improvement cult does to have hallmarks of a self improvement cult. I said it looks like a cult. So I would say it's not it, as cult like. It has as, jargon. Sounds like engineering to me. And it has a, a or the legal system. And it has or, a leader as well. A, you know, charismatic leader. Doctors have uh, jargon that they use too, and yeah. and you have to pay for their courses so we've now distinguished that just about every sort of career is a cult level marketing yeah multi-level marketing is absolutely cult-like i'll admit to it i've been involved in it absolutely this is where this is where a lot of this comes from ian feels stung from his uh, years in multi-level marketing as a matter of fact the first conversation i I had with ian was about uh some magnet mattress that he uh, was trying to sell me look i don't feel stung by it though (laughs) Uh, I feel like I learned some things from it, and I also learned, you know, that I got taken as well, and so I learned about, you know, more about what it was that I was involved in, why it's the why it is the way it is. But uh, I did learn about sales techniques from that, and so there's value. And as I, you know, first thing I admit in my article, Mark, which you think is so mean, is that there's value in this. I mean, these uh, NVC folks. 
there's something that's useful there. And I think there's a lot to agree with with the NVC concept of trying to empathize with people. But I just don't uh, I don't appreciate the way that the jargon is utilized. And oh, I think, I think it, that the, the best critique you have here is that people who are using this jargon early on tend to sound stilted and uh, funny. But I think that's the best critique you have. And, of course, anybody who's trying out a new way to communicate is going to sound stilted and funny. When I speak in Spanish, I'm not as good as I am when I speak in English. Yeah, I wish I could find uh, the post by Johnson here where he expresses some real serious frustration uh, in the NVC practitioners when they attempt to uh, to use their NVC with him. He gets pretty upset. Well, Johnson spends a lot of time getting upset. Right, right. I mean, he does have a tendency to do that. But I'm just pointing like, out he's that made a, he, he's made it a, a distinct hobby of his to be a, kind of a grumpy guy. So Wes Bertrand even admits that there's uh, jargon involved. Uh, they have things called jackals and giraffes uh, involved with this, whatever. I don't know what those mean. The, it means something to somebody. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a shortening of communication, communicative term. You had those in the uh, landmark form too, right? Like racket was uh, one of their Sure, a racket is uh, you know, something that somebody gets a payoff doing. It's something that they do that they get a payoff from that's sort of other than the real world. Um, like for instance, you're getting some kind of payoff when you've clearly been schooled in this use of the term cult, you're getting some kind of payoff for continuing to use it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm just, like uh, just calling it what it is. A troll You can is take a control of the you. airwaves here. Hour number two is next. Free talk. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. I'm here with you tonight. It's Ian. Daryl. And Mark. Uh, I've gotten the numbers here, 855-450-FREE. To bring you up to speed, if you're just tuning in, uh, there was a caller in the last hour... Ty in Tennessee, he asked a question about NVC. We'd mentioned it on the air, uh, I think sometime last week is something we could talk about, never got to it. So since Ty brought it up, we're going to talk about it, or we have been talking about it quite a bit. You wrote an article um, over at Freekeen.com calling NVC, nonviolent communication, a cult. I said it looks like a self-improvement cult. I don't know if I technically call it a cult. Maybe I did. But uh, the headline in the article is that it looks like one, and then it has some of the hallmarks of uh, of a self-improvement cult. Now, this is not to say it's as dangerous as a religious cult. It doesn't have the same fear of escape 
Uh, there's because there's certain things that religious cults have that no self improvement cult has that I've ever uh, ever heard of. Uh, so like in a religious cult, frequently you are taught to fear the idea of leaving the cult. That doesn't apply to a self improvement cult. You, you just don't go back to the the meetings, and that's that. Yeah, uh, that's that. Right. So there's different factors to a to a self improvement cult, and I kind of go over a couple of them in my article. And that is one of them is that they're they're focused around making money off of uh, their product. And you pointed out, Mark, and I think correctly so, there's a lot of free information out there about this NVC, nonviolent communication as it's called, which I think is great. And I'm glad that, uh, that they're doing that because people clearly get value out of it, which is one of the things I, uh, you know, I point out at the very beginning of my article that there's value to this. People uh, appreciate this particular technique. They feel like it works for them. So good for, good for them. I think that's great. If people are getting value from it, fantastic. But at the same time, the purpose of my article is to simply be an alert, just a heads up. Hey, look, this meets the definition of cult here, here, and here, and you might just want to be careful about it before you go off and spend thousands of dollars on unending seminars. And what you do guys, you know anybody who's spent a thousand? I don't know anybody. Okay, but you know a lot of people who are into. I don't know a lot. I know a handful of people that I've uh, I've you? encountered. It's you know it seems like a lot because I know a few in my life uh, that that have I, I certainly know more people that are but in none NBC. of them have spent any money that you know of on these courses. No, that's right. I certainly Amazing. know more people who are involved in NBC than I do who are in Amway, for instance. Uh, so no, and they haven't spent money on those courses, and good for them. I don't feel like that uh, they they should need to uh, to do those things. But I wanted to make people aware that that does exist, and somebody is spending money on those courses. Otherwise, they wouldn't be putting them on. Well, if they so. weren't spending the money on the courses, consider that that information wouldn't be getting out that you say has value. So valuable information wouldn't be getting out to people to be shared. Well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, the, the information's out there whether or not there are courses that are happening. Well, it, it perpetuates the information and keeps it, uh, keeps it in people's thought process. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Johnson is on the line on the amp line. Say, Johnson. Calling from Connecticut. Hey, so I, I I've got some thoughts on the nonviolent communication stuff. Um, you know, I've read Marshall Rosenberg's uh, book on nonviolent communication, and actually, surprisingly, you know, me I'm one to jump on the whole cult situation <laughs> typically, and I don't see all the same hallmarks that you do. I I, I see it as um, I, I do see though it could potentially turn that way, but not not necessarily by people who are uh, who are investing in seminars, but but I do see a lot of the kind of that kind of behavior amongst uh some of the activists. Um in that they're they're sort of behaving in a in a cult like fashion without spending the money. <laughs> what, what do you mean um, by that when they're behaving in a cult like fashion? Well what that means is when people start utilizing a, a particular lingo that is somewhat exclusive of, uh, you know, plain English, um, that's when something becomes cult-like. When you, you're using this shared lingo that is not uh, not normal ways of speaking. I agree and, that the stilted way that uh, many of the people that are relatively new in using nonviolent communication use it sounds jargony and that, that sets off people's bells and whistles. What set me off? Right. However, um, I you know if from reading the whole book and seeing everything and, and you know seeing all this stuff, I, I wouldn't really go that way. I mean, it, it really, at least my thought from the intent and from the stories that I've heard about, you know, with what the intent behind Marshall Rosenberg, you know, going and talking to like, you know, Ugandan war leaders and whatever, and trying really trying to talk these people out of, uh, you know, killing one another. Um, you know, I I really don't. 
I, I don't see that as a cult-like behavior. However, my caveat and well, my Rosenberg just to point something today, out before you go to your however, Rosenberg may not have sure. set it up as a cult, but uh, the people who are continuing this, uh, the people behind, say, the NVC website where they're selling all manner of uh, materials, yeah. uh, in in some cases DVD, uh, a DVD for like a hundred dollars, selling. Um, oh dear God. Yeah, well, these people these may colleges be, where they sell courses. The, these people may be the ones uh, turning it into a cult. So it may not have been he may, he may not have written his book and like I'm going to be a cult leader. Uh, no, I don't know if it necessarily happened that way. But you were saying, however, go ahead. Sure. Well, that you know, and that doesn't necessarily sell you the ideas. I mean, if the ideas are, are right and that and this is a way of communicating, if people can figure it out and it makes people less aggressive and, and fight less and and it, you know works to diffuse conflict. And absolutely, by all means. However, does, does it, though? Because you said on a yeah. Facebook thread that it makes you want to kill someone. <laughs> well, here's the, here's, the, uh, here's the caveat, and here's the big however. The big however is that a lot of these amateurs and these people who haven't taken courses and who are just reading it and just kind of guessing and figuring it out, a lot of the times what's, what's going on is that that nonviolent communication and actually a lot of other means of communication by activists as well are used in a way that is passive aggressive. And nothing is more angering than someone who's being passive aggressive. And I actually had another big debate and another big thread um, about activists saying, I forgive you. And <laughs> you like Ian it. did when the guy stole his bike? <laughs> that was my uh, phone. Quite possibly. Because the whole intent of saying of doing that, you know, and, and, and this is the whole thing. The whole intent you can't use nonviolent communication to get one up on the other person and to make them angry. And that's how some people are actually using nonviolent communication. They're using it as a way to condescend someone else to make them mad. How is that nonviolent communication? If you're just using nonviolent communication to come off as holier than thou, and and now. A lot of people make the argument, well, how do you know what their intent is? I don't, but I don't need to. I just need to know what I, how I come off feeling based on their reaction. And when I see someone say, you know, when I see someone start going into nonviolent communication and they're not coming off as genuine in any way, they're not coming in as a heartfelt, they're not coming off as they are listening, then there's a problem. And it's the same thing when someone comes off and they say, I forgive you or, you know, it's okay. And they're not coming off like it's okay or that they actually forgive the other person, then it becomes very obvious to what they're doing is fraud. <laughs> and that's very upsetting. I, and, I agree uh, with that. Really I, I think that another thing is, is that, and it works both ways in this particular instance, is that when people can tell the underlying reason why another person is doing something so they can sort of sieve through what it is that that other person's doing, they feel like even if that whatever the other reason is, isn't a bad reason, people tend to have contempt for that. So, um you know, you, you, um, you know, whatever the situation is, if I'm trying to get your seat for whatever reason and, you know, you, I know why you want this seat. You just like to be next to the window. Whatever it is that, that people uh, might claim to be able to see the underlying reason, uh, you know, so – in this case, if you know what the NVC people sound like when they talk and they use their jargon, um, when, especially when they're not particularly well trained in it, then you can see yeah. what they're doing. And that's irritating. But secondly – when the uh, unschooled person hears it, they hear something that doesn't sound 
normal to them. So therefore, they tend to it, it, it tends to be irritating and upsetting to somebody if you're like, you know how to speak English. Talk to me like it's normal. You know, and I think mm. that people get upset. Oh, Mark, for I'm that. hearing you express a need for hearing things in plain English. Did you <laughs> say that that's correct? I, I, I feel that you're, you're getting upset by this. And see, I have a need to communicate nonviolently. So. Well, and, and I, <laughs> but I think that this, uh, this stuff, once, you know, this, this form of communication, once someone becomes good at it, it's really a great way to get beyond uh, the, the sort of back and forth in conversations that tend to. I think Stephanie might be getting there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Johnson, I don't know if you have more to say. If, if you do, you're welcome to stick with us here. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. We've got news updates. You can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever of those works best for you. Head over to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up for free, news.freetalklive.com. The Seasteading Institute, uh, they want to create freedom on the open seas. And did you know they're having a conference? You can meet fellow forward thinkers and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. It's uh, May 31st through June the 2nd at uh, Le Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. You can get discounted registration prior to May the 1st. Special rates for students and the press. Get 10% off with coupon code FTL. Get registered before May the 1st at seasteading.freetalklive.com. As a matter of fact, uh, you need to understand that apparently it's it's rather limited as to how many people are going to be able to uh, attend the Seasteading Conference. And there's going to be opportunities for people to learn how to you know make money in the, the new Seasteading world that the Seasteading Institute is uh, creating. So it's Seasteading freetalklive.com to find more. All right, let's continue with you and your thoughts. We've been talking about cults and specifically self-improvement cults, although if you want to talk about other cults, that's fine too, and the different hallmarks of them and what is and what is not a cult, uh, etc. Let's go to Kevin uh, listening in Indy to WXNT. Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Daryl, and Mark. Great. I wanted to ask you a question about Scientology, but I didn't get to talk to you about or call in about the Titanic, you know, the 100-year anniversary. Oh, was so it? I wanted to give you the greatest trivia, three-part trivia question that you can always stump your friends with. Are you ready? All right. Okay. okay. What was the greatest sea disaster ever? Uh, Titanic. Titanic. Okay. Within 300 people, how many were on board? 300. Oh, okay. All right. It's 2,223. You always say yes, but yeah, that's right. Okay. And then you go, okay, name them. <laughs> That's a pretty good trivia question. Okay. All right. My question is, I've always wondered, and I believe it is, do you feel that Scientology is a cult? Yes. I'm going to have to go, yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 
Yes. They, they do seem pretty wacky from what I know. Well, just because they're wacky or not doesn't make, make them a cult necessarily. But, uh, yeah, I think it fits all of the uh, the factors of the religious cult Yeah, the, the two things that fit for me are the charismatic leader, live or dead, and I think they've got right. that. And the other thing is is that it causes you to alienate your friends and family as a result. Um, I think that also the aspect of impoverishing you and attempting to uh, you know move your wealth to them mm-hmm. is, an, is another factor. So why do you think John Travolta, Tom Cruise, why are the movie stars so attracted to that? They must really like it. I mean, I'm, they, you know, obviously people are into it uh, for some reason or another. It gives them some kind of uh, payoff. Well, right. I mean, the, sure. You you walk into these Scientology centers, and I've never done it. I've just we've heard from people who've called the show and have expressed their experiences doing this. Uh, and you know, they're going to tell you that you've got problems. You yeah. know, you've got thetans, and that uh, they can help you solve those problems. Just go ahead and jump on board, and then start going to their courses and you can advance in the levels and the more levels you advance the more your problems will go away and you'll learn the secrets of Xenu and the universe. I don't think it's much different than most of the major religions. I mean, I don't know much about the other religions out there, but I know a great deal about Christianity and they've got this carrot stick thing that they've got going on. I'm not, uh, you know, certainly the the carrot aspect is the community that one gets from one's church, the good feeling that one can get from, uh, you know, praise hymns and uh, praying and all these things and the and the stick is you're going to burn in eternal torture if you don't believe what we say so they've got both aspects yeah, they're opening up here in indianapolis left and right and that's why i was just kind of shocked but so you're saying basically it's a non-secular church you think that's that be a way to describe it? A secular, more of a secular thing, but they have a, a religious aspect to, to it too. As uh, as you move up the, the 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 line, as I understand it, but I, you know, I I'm not a I'm not an expert. Just people on the internet say that there's this religious aspect once you get to a certain level. Do they seem to uh, okay medical treatment, or would they prefer you not to use medical treatment if possible? I know they hate uh, psychiatrists. Aha! That's why Travolta was so against it. Uh, I believe they are also anti-vaccine, but I could be wrong on that. And just because Scientologists are anti-vaccine does not make everybody that's anti-vaccine a crazy nut job. It it seems like Travolta had that one son that had uh, problems, medical problems, and then sometimes they deferred instead of going and having his medical problems treated. They neglected, and of course, you know, his son suffered. He he actually uh, killed himself because he hit his head against the wall or something, and that you know, he was like 17 years old, but he mm-hmm. had trouble all his life with uh, different forms of uh, illness, mental illness. So I don't know. I, I just I'm just shocked that a lot of that, that the people are attracted to it. Uh, they're very devoted. I'll put it that way. They certainly are. And it must be very persuasive because everybody has problems, and uh, this this church, they call themselves the Church of Scientology, and of course the difference between a church and a cult is usually the size. So uh, you know, maybe they are a church now as opposed to a cult. Who knows where that line is, uh, is it drawn? It says that Scientology does not have a restriction on uh, vaccines, but uh, that somewhere there was a report alluding to that. That's probably what you saw. So uh, what I'd recommend is you look a little bit more into uh, to cults and Scientology. There's all manner of information out there. And the most useful is from the people who've actually been involved in Scientology, the people who've been on the inside and have uh, have gotten out and can now look back on their experience and, and, and you know have the, the perspective that is the most valuable to those of us who have thankfully not been involved uh, with them. You know, what was it that was so attractive about it uh, for folks? And if you're 
listening tonight and you are a uh, maybe you are a member of Scientology we've certainly had them call in but if you are uh, previously a member of Scientology and you'd like to shed a little bit more light on this for Kevin feel free Kevin thanks for the call tonight appreciate it thanks. yep 855-450 free the SACL CAI toll free line uh so and, and again I wrote a different article over at uh, freekeen.com about cults and how you can you know some of the signs that you're in a cult and certainly the church of scientology meets uh, a number of these as i understand it they certainly have rituals that's a very cult kind of thing to have uh like when you go in and you do their test you hold on to like you ever seen that little uh, the kind of like we're going to read your palm kind of machines at the like a like a local arcade Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of reminds me of that when I hear about people describing it. There's these little handles that you go up and you hold on to, and this machine will tell you, you know, how many thetans you have in your body or whatever it is. This, this thetan is one of their jargon terms, which again is another uh, sign of a cult. And so they have uh, these different rituals that uh, you you you'd have to go through to uh, cleanse yourself of uh, of these thetans, and then of course you gain levels and. And again, there's lots of ritual and jargon. Involved That's how they here. they get people in initially. Is they offer a free sort of screening or personality screening or something like mm-hmm. that, and you hold on to these little things, and they um, tell you, of course, that you're broken. I mean, I don't think anybody has ever held on to one of these things and says, "Oh, you're fine. Get on out of here." Are they one of the most dangerous cults? I don't know about that. Had the, another question that you should ask is how hard is it to leave Scientology? Uh, because the more dangerous cults are the ones that are you know, going to threaten you if you leave. I don't know what level of that there is in the Scientology Well, cult. one good news about religions is I'd say they're getting less and less dangerous over time. I was recently listening to a podcast about the war, the Punic Wars between Rome and Carthage. And Carthage used to sacrifice their babies to Baal. Um, they're, you know, in the Bible, they're kind of known for this. Um, yeah, hey. At least nobody's sacrificing babies. Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And as you already pointed out, they definitely have the charismatic leader thing in the Scientology cult. It's all based around the the writings of one science fiction author. Uh, So 855-450-FREE. What's his name again? L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard, that's right. I I didn't want to confuse him with Heinlein, the other H sci-fi guy. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Yeah, SACL CAI. They make it so that uh, your business, that you, the, the consumer, don't have to pay higher prices for goods and services. Because you do every time somebody doesn't pay their bills. It's one of the many compelling reasons that SACL CAI has been the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether it's the business, be it a bank, hospital, retail store, or utility, could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top on the right-hand side of the page. 
Let's go to you and your calls and your thoughts. We're talking about cults and Scientology is on the table here. And I had the question uh, about, you know, is it hard to leave Scientology? Because another one of the hallmarks of a cult, and again, you don't have to meet 100% of the hallmarks of a cult to be considered a cult. But one of the hallmarks of a cult is that uh, a religious cult specifically is that it's hard to leave. That there are sometimes threats involved, uh, intimidation tactics. And so the question is, well, how hard is it to leave the Church of Scientology? And we'll give you an example from someone's experience here in a moment. But first, let's talk to Craig, listening in Kentucky. Craig, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Daryl and Mark. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Craig, great. What's on your mind? Um, what's on my mind tonight is who, in the, who would make the determination as to whether the practices or beliefs were normal or abnormal? Yeah, it's really I mean, tough who, to say. Who would determine that? I, I, I think that's an important factor. I mean, who who would who would be able to determine that? Because everybody has their own set of beliefs. Sure. And I, I think that's one problem that we have. And and as a society, from kindergarten through twelfth grade, what are we taught? I mean, I mean, aren't we taught a a, a basic belief system? besides classes nationalism essentially you know i mean everybody stands up uh, pledges allegiance to the flag puts their hand over their heart in a specific manner there's a great deal of uh, a cult of great deal of peer (laughs) pressure and uh, superior pressure placed on an individual in order to you know have them go through these things Uh, you're taught by this organization to whom you pledge and i'd say that yeah i mean absolutely there's a great deal of pressure put down and i think that the terminology cult is uh, a derogatory term used for smaller organizations by larger organizations uh, larger a larger smaller that's that, that's my that's my point in uh, in society in general we I, to me it's easy for us to point a finger at somebody and to look at somebody and to say that person's wrong or or that person's right but the, the standard uh, that we the standards that we live by or that we base our life on what's good enough for us is different as opposed to another person. I agree with that. I think you make a good point. Uh, certainly, it's impossible to define what normal is. There is no such thing. There's you in your life and then everything in comparison to you. And We have, we have to look at how we're raised, the culture that we're raised in and the part of the country that we come from. But I agree I agree with what you're saying, and that's the reason I enjoy your program so much. You bring up so many interesting points that uh, it's, um, it, it makes you think. Thank you, Craig, for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate uh, you adding into this discussion. At 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, you know, defining normal is a very difficult thing to do. I don't think it exists, personally. Well, like, especially considering that for... Most people, for 12 years of their life, they're taught conformity. Mm. Be like everybody else. If you have a different haircut, somebody in school is going to make fun of you. Oh, yeah. If you wear a different shirt or if you don't wear the right brand of shoes or the right brand of pants, somebody's going to make fun of you. You're, You're taught to conform and be just like everybody else. Whatever that means. I mean, I still don't think it's impossible. I I still think it's possible to define normal. I think that people have a sense of what is typical, I suppose, in society. However, just because it's typical doesn't mean that it's uh, doesn't mean that it's not a cult, for instance. I mean, you look at the uh, the government 
And that's what my original article about cults was over at freekeen.com was all about. It's called Signs You're in a Cult, uh, the cult of authority or the state. Uh, And you look at the way the government uh, concepts are inculcated in people and you find that it meets virtually every hallmark of a religious cult possible. Uh, and, you know, we've got into that at one point previously, but you can go and find the article if you'd like to uh, to learn more. Signs you're in a cult, the cult of authority. But by all definitions, it's typical to be a member of this particular cult because, as you said, uh, Daryl, you know, you're inculcated in its indoctrination camps for 13 years of your life. If not more than that, you go to like a state school for college, and then you're in for another four. So you're looking at uh, 17 years in a lot of cases of people just constantly having pro-state propaganda shoved down their throat. It, it feels normal to them to believe in the state it's interesting that they don't have very many uh, uh, courses for thinking on your own critical thinking courses uh, philosophy courses or things like that i mean it's 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 very interesting that those exist in college uh, there are you know ethics and philosophy courses mm-hmm. in college but certainly not in high school those things don't you, you don't typically find those um, but when you listen, uh, when you're outside of the statist paradigm, when you're outside, when you finally get a, get out of that cult, then when you start hearing people use their terminology, their jargon, and there's a lot of it, the legal, legalese is full of jargon. You know, the word person apparently means corporations in the, in the state's world. Uh, so there, that's just one of many examples. Sure, taxes, of plenty of euphemisms, you know, taxes as opposed to extortion. Uh, you hear people spouting these off. It sounds like jargon. And once you are outside of the cult, it's very easy to identify uh, the cult aspects that are involved. Let's talk to Nick in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Hello there. Hi. Uh, I like what Johnson had to say a few segments ago about nonviolent communication, and I'll expand on that in a moment. First of all, my experience with uh, NVC started when I listened to the Complete Liberty podcast with Wes Bertrand, mm-hmm. and he read Excellent aloud. Yeah. yeah, and he read aloud the entirety of Marshall Rosenberg's book. That was my introduction to it, and I think that how one is introduced to a new idea does a lot for how you uh, perceive it. Because before last week, when I heard you, Ian. Uh, call NBC a possible cult, uh, it took me completely by surprise because I didn't even think of it as an organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, NBC has always been just a method that some guy came up with. He probably didn't come up with all of it. He probably, you know, uh, built upon the past work of others as well as his own life experience. And nothing in that book, nothing that I heard since before pretty much tonight ever made me even consider the possibility that NVC could be a cult. In fact, I didn't even know there was a formal organization behind it. Hmm. I thought it was just a bunch of people skilled in the NVC technique hosting seminars to teach other people about it. But, um, but I understand now how it could be perceived that way, and this is where I'm expanding upon what uh, Johnson said. Because I notice this same effect that happens when you talk to people the wrong way about the ideas of liberty. It makes it look like a cult because a lot of times we use jargon. We use words differently that mean something different to us than how they sound to most people, including and especially the word government, which I've harped on before. And Mark is very aware of this problem, and I think that's one reason why he and I are both loath to abandon the word government to, to describe, uh, you know, in the liberty community, government uh, means the state in many cases. But to, to most people, those two are uh, somewhat sim- 
synonymous, but people think of government as, you know, just the rules, the way things are, and uh, whatever body is uh, hel- helping make the rules and keeping order in a society. So yeah, we use me, those terms very differently. And I know that from the outside, uh, it sounds like we're speaking an alien language because I have seen it in articles such as in uh, Newsweek that I read one day in the dentist's office where I read about a Ron Paul rally from the perspective of a total outsider who talks about how, you know, Ron Paul speaks an elliptical shorthand that only his followers recognize. He just has to say the first few words and they know the rest of it. I bet that's true. Nick, did you have uh, further thoughts you wanted to share? Um, I think so. <laughs> we'll stick with us. We'll bring you back. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. I believe uh, Wes Bertrand is actually on hold as well, so we'll be able to hear <laughs> from him on this. 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number is 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. If you enjoy the program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. You can get a free bumper sticker there. Also, flyers you can print out to help uh, introduce people to this program as well as uh, more information that uh, you can use like uh, web graphics and high-res graphics. You can make your own shirts if you want to. Uh, so head on over to promote.freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Daryl. And Mark. And we continue here. By the way, Daryl is here uh, courtesy of his website, which is freepatriot-press.com. Tell me a little more, Daryl, about what people will find when they go there. Well, Free Patriot Press is an independent alternative news organization that I formed it in 2009. And the purpose is basically to ensure a free press for the freedom movement. Because, you know, we all know that freedom of speech is slowly dying, and I want to make sure that people that share my views have a place to be able to publish their material. So the Free Patriot Press isn't just a website. You actually do publish books. Yes. Uh, We've published, I think it's seven or eight books now in the last two and a half years i know i've read a couple of them actually and I, one of them ties directly into what we're talking about tonight uh, we've been talking about cults and the jargon uh, when, uh, when when somebody's using jargon these terms that are you know not typically defined as they are defined in uh, or they're not being defined as they're de- they would be defined in normal english for instance uh that that's kind of a hallmark that you might be dealing with somebody who's who's in a cult or that you might be looking at a, a potential cult and one of the books that uh, you sent me while I was in jail was all about uh, the government's euphemisms. Yes, uh, the Doublespeak Dictionary. Right. I loved that. And that book was written by Leslie Star O'Hara from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it won the Lava Award, the first annual Lava Award Book of the Year. 
What's the Lava Award? I'm not familiar uh, with it. Lava is the Libertarian, Agorist, Voluntarist, and Anarch Authors and Publishers Association. <laughs> gotcha. So now you just made the move uh, less than just about three weeks ago up here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Yes. Uh, are you bringing your publishing business here? Is it? I mean, have you stopped publishing books because of the move? What, no. What's your status with that? Uh, still publishing. I'm in the process of proofing and formatting a book that will be published on Memorial Day, and it is a fiction book about the events leading up to 9-11 and afterwards with the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan. Cool. I'm sure you'll tell us more as we get closer to the deadline on that. But in the meantime, uh, listeners can visit you over at freepatriot-press.com. As we go uh, back to the phones and the fun, Nick, uh, back in Illinois, uh, listening uh, to the program here, commenting on the cult discussion. Go ahead, Nick, uh, if you have uh, further thoughts. Uh, yes. I remember one of the things I was going to say, and that is that um, I remember uh, maybe a year or two ago listening to a Complete Liberty podcast on which – there was audio of Marshall Rosenberg talking about NVC. I think it was Marshall Rosenberg. And he was talking about, uh, he was warning about using NVC incorrectly, just as Johnson was talking about a few segments back about people, you know, newbies, for lack of a better term, to, to, the, uh, to the idea, using the language incorrectly. And Marshall Rosenberg in that audio did warn that NVC is a skill. You have to practice it. You can do it wrong. And I think that's, uh, and I think what what we see here is the effect of presenting an idea to people in the wrong way. And as I mentioned last segment, that hap- I find that that happens in the liberty community a lot. When uh, and I think the 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 most profound instance of that is the use of the term aggression, because the way we use aggression is not the way most people understand the word aggression. Agreed. And I think uh, what NBC taught me in particular that has really helped me in my life is when you talk to people, always be aware of you know, what's probably going to go through their mind and where they're coming from when they hear your language. And you have to tailor your language to that. And people who fail to do that create what uh, I have read on a web page uh, na- na- uh, named the Alien Effect where people look at you like you're some alien who just came back from a seminar, and now all of a sudden you're speaking a strange language, you have this weird glint in your eye. And really it's just that you feel you know, better and more empowered now, but to them it's like you've been abducted by aliens and replaced by a clone. Mm. When, when you say that people uh, that are not with the, associated with the liberty movement use the term aggression differently, what are you referring to? Are you kind of, do you mean like where people don't believe what the government does is aggression, so they just kind of leave yeah. that out of the category? Yeah. Like it's not aggression because someone passed a law, basically? Is the idea? Yeah. Or in a lot of people's minds, it's it's not aggression unless, you know, like there's an actual literal person pointing a gun in your Mm -hmm. face. You know, and I can see like that's really what it comes down to is, um, well, it's not aggression if I pay my taxes voluntarily. And I think that that's a true statement. But that doesn't mean that the government isn't threatening other people who need to pay. But, of course, if those other people are bad people that aren't giving up the money that they owe to the government, like it's this whole circular logic kind of situation. Hey, Nick, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing mm-hmm. from you at 855-450-FREE. Let's talk to Ken listening in Southern California. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, hello, Mark and Ian. And Daryl's here, too. Go ahead, Ken. Okay. Um, well, you guys were discussing the Scientology thing just a moment ago, and and there was a uh, matter of fact, me and a friend of mine, we were doing a 
a freedom-based internet radio and television thing, and we actually have an interview with a, uh, uh, he was an attorney who's been fighting uh, Scientology uh, for well over 20 years now, back when Time Magazine was fighting them, when they were suing Time, I don't know if you guys know about that. They I sue everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, well, anyway, this guy, uh, this attorney, Graham Barry, and, I mean, if you want to wait through your break, I can give you the URL, I, because it, you know, it'd be, uh, it's a four-minute and 39-second piece telling you about Scientology, and basically one of the big reasons they were protesting this particular day, which, which is ironic, it's like three years ago, it was on April 19, 2009, uh, and like I said, we have a. If you want to play the audio on your show to give people an idea of why they're griping, they they claim that uh, there's Golden Era Productions, which is uh, Scientology's production uh, facility, which is located in Southern California near Hemet, California. It's in Riverside County. It's under the county jurisdiction, and at least one of the county board members are, you know, uh, according to these people, are on the take from Scientology. The guy's uh, training, he's a, a, a pharmacology guy. He was a, a pharmacist, and then now he owns a drug company, and I guess they buy certain kind of uh, vitamins or something they use through him or something, and then they were trying to pass laws where these people couldn't protest near their property. Mm. Yeah, that's it's not uncommon for the uh, the Church of Scientology to go after their critics uh, as as much well, as they possibly can by using the the legal system. And uh, the, you go you look at the Clearwater, Florida, where there's a huge base for Scientology there, and they've uh, they've managed to have political successes simply because there are so many Scientologists around there. Well, yes. Also, the interesting thing uh, getting involved in this story. Next thing I knew, I had people following me. They have a whole core of private investigators that they hire to follow anyone who is questioning what they're doing, doing media on them, or anything. And they discuss in this interview, this, this attorney, Graham Barry, uh, discusses about how people are imprisoned at this facility because he discusses how they've got barbed wire and spikes facing inwards. He discusses how they have cameras, how people can't leave of their own free will. Wow. Um, if, if These like are really out, some I serious it. claims. I mean, that uh, it's, it's yes, one thing. Well, this, this guy's an attorney that's been fighting them for years. I can give you the URL. It's on Daily Motion, and mm-hmm. my channel on there is just simply Radio94XCOM. With that. So, what so would one search for if one wanted? What would one search for if one wanted to find this? Uh, this is titled "Protest at Golden Era Productions, 19 April 2009." Protest at Golden Era, as an E-R-A, Golden Era Productions? E-R-A, yes. yes Very sir. good, Ken. Thanks for the heads up on that. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE if you want to share your experiences with Scientology or what other other cults uh, you might have been involved in. Let's go to Wes, listening in central Idaho. Wes, you're on Free Talk Live. Is this Wes Bertrand? Hey, guys. Yes, it is. I'm uh, calling from my multivitamin fortified compound here. (laughs) (laughs) This is Wes Bertrand, the host of uh, Complete Liberty. Actually, I don't know. Are you still hosting Complete Liberty? I know that you were taking some time off. I am. Yeah, I dropped off LRN because my schedule just wasn't on a weekly basis. But I'm I'm doing a show every two, three weeks now. Okay, good. Good to know. And people can go to completeliberty.com to find your stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of a social networking site there now. Um, uh, I was just thinking about the, uh, the Scientology thing. I was down at the Earth Fair in San Diego once uh, and running a booth for the San Diego Association for Rational Inquiry. 
and I came across the Scientology booth there. And um, they oh, had this sounds like it's gonna be golden. Hang on, we're gonna bring you back here if you can stick with us, Wes. Can you hang through the okay, news? Okay, yeah. All right, more with a moment. Uh, more with Wes Bertrand in just a moment here. Uh, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Cults, or whatever you want to talk about. It's Free Talk Live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts. And if we get a chance, Daryl's going to tell us about the eighth graders that have been prohibited from using the word freedom. We'll explain that. 855-450-FREE is the number here. We've been talking about cults most of the evening tonight. It started with a discussion about uh, NVC, or nonviolent communication. And uh, Mark, you know, i got to admit, it's a weak case that I've got uh, that NVC is... Uh, I didn't call them necessarily a cult. I said they uh, they have some hallmarks uh-huh. of being That's a, right back a off self- the position. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have some hallmarks of being a self improvement cult, and I stand by. Do you those. want some roller skates to get away quicker? With I stand by those hallmarks. Uh, they're obviously not a cult in the same uh, terminology that like Scientology would be a cult or uh, some other things that definitely meet all of the the hallmarks, the classic religious. So cult let's, let's reserve the- Johnstown. Yeah, these are definitely... Uh, Let's reserve the examples. term for those things, then. But that's why I qualified it with self-improvement uh-huh. cult. It's not a religious cult in any way, shape, or form. Because uh, religious cults are the most dangerous ones. At least self-improvement cults, usually you get something out of it. Uh, there's usually some benefit in it, which is why people are, are so excited uh, by them. But one of my concerns with uh, NVC was seeing it cropping up all over the liberty movement was that it sounded weird. Like, when I heard people utilizing the terminology, it just shouted to me, like, whoa... Heads up! You're dealing with a with a cult here. This uh, this is a little bit strange. And I think Johnson gave a great example on uh, one of his Facebook posts about the way it sounds when people are speaking NVC. So he's, he's this is kind of tongue in cheek. Just to uh, to share this with you, he says, "Ian, I'm sensing that you're upset by the growth of NVC and by people investing time into learning a dialogue and a way of speaking that is not plain English. I'm hearing you express that when you seek leaders, that you have a need for them to be humble and not to make profit off their work." I'm hearing you suggest that we should seek out libertarian communicators that are more easily understandable and that speak plain English. I, and I think others, have a need to explore new ideas and to try alternative solutions and experiment with things that may not be as straightforward or traditional. How can I help you meet your needs while also meeting my own so that both of our lives can be more wonderful? How does that sound to you? And then he goes on and posts again, because it sounds like a big old crock of S to me. 
And uh, it's just it's, I like the first part. It's got a it's got a weird vibe to it. That's all. That's all. And I know I'm not the only one who feels this way about it because when I uh, and I know it's argumentum ad populum, but uh, when I posted about this, other people also expressed that yeah, when their liberty oriented friends had tried to turn them on to NBC, it kind of came off as a little bit of a strange vibe to them too. And Daryl, I think you mentioned something about that. Yeah, it does sort of sound weird at first, especially if you're not familiar with nvc and it's just my opinion that nvc works best when both parties are familiar with the concept right and i think if people want to improve their abilities to communicate that is a very important thing to do in fact we've advocated it for years on free talk live that people who love the ideas of liberty need to learn how to better communicate to uh, to folks because usually when you come across these ideas they're very exciting you want to share them with people because you think they could change the world uh and you know you're right they are very important and people do need to hear about them but if if you're not a good communicator, then you might as well just keep your mouth shut because you could dig yourself deeper into a hole than you already were when uh, when you started. So, I mean, there's some basic suggestions that uh, that can be given to anybody who wants to be a better listener, and I can get to those here in a moment. We actually have Wes on the line. Uh, Wes Bertrand, he is uh, the host of Complete Liberty, which is an excellent podcast uh, that, uh, that you can find over at completeliberty.com. Uh, it's also... The podcast is the same name as a book that you wrote, Wes, uh, that I've had the pleasure of reading, and we actually link to the book over at book.freetalklive.com. Uh, it's it's called Complete Liberty, and uh, highly recommended. It's one of the more recently published books on freedom. There's a lot of books on freedom out there, but many of them are decades old, and yours is one of the uh, the fresher ones. So uh, you've called in to comment, I'm sure, on NBC in a moment, but also uh, you'd, you'd started telling us a story about your interaction with some Scientologists in Sa- San Diego, was it, in California? San Jose? Yeah, at the uh, the big Earth Fair, Earth Day Fair they have there. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the comments about the book. Um, it's actually uh, free to download, too. So I have a whole chapter in there against intellectual property, kind of along the lines of what Stefan Kinsella has presented in his works, too. So uh, I think that's a really important thing if we're going to try to spread these ideas. Um, but getting back to the uh, Scientology thing, yeah, they have a thing called the E-meter which apparently, I was just reading on the uh, Wikipedia page, it's at uh, E-meter on the Wikipedia page, but um, it's kind of a modified ohm meter, and they use this. Apparently only trained Scientologists are allowed to use this thing with uh, the newcomers, you know? And basically what this guy was trying to do is get me to answer some questions that he would ask me uh, of the psychological nature that would indicate through this meter whether or not I still have some sort of unprocessed trauma. You know, in, in Scientology, they talk a lot about being clear, which mm-hmm. means being free of all of the past that's jargon. Uh, demons that have haunted you. Yeah, being, being clear, that's, uh, that's cult jargon right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, so of course, that plays immediately event, on things thing that people... It's that... based on pseudoscience. There's no actual scientific validity to this thing, but you can see how this is one of the tools that people can use to try to get people within their ranks. So they can, they, they find a, a group of people that presents them with something that um, offers some clarity for them, perhaps, or some comfort about getting their needs for, uh, uh, you know, sanity met in a culture that's oftentimes not so sane. And, you know, the earlier caller asked about why, uh, why the celebrities typically go to Scientology, and it just seems like it is more of a secular religion of sorts, it does have the uh, overtones of religion and has all the jargon and different rituals, and you've got to pay a lot of money, too. Um, 
Well, plus but it has it actually case. seems to as it it's, it's you know entomology have the root word of science, which of course is very misleading. Point of fact, as you you know pointed out, there's not actually any science behind it. It's a bunch of nonsense and hokum. But uh, you know the word makes it sound like it's not quite a religion, right? I mean, so religion doesn't equal science, and so therefore Scientology must not be a religion. Just kind of right on its face, it has a more secular appeal. Yeah, it seems like uh, Hubbard was pretty crafty in that regard, wasn't he? Mm. I've heard that he designed this thing just from scratch and trying to see how people would uh, take to it, you so, know, writing about it in his books. And it's called the E-Meter, and so you encountered some Scientologists with one of these things at the uh, the fair that you were attending? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were giving free E-Meter tests to see you know, where people were psychologically. And kind of this ties into the whole self-improvement cult label of sorts, because you know, you guys have been discussing the nature of self-improvement uh, and how that can lead to cultish behavior or belonging to a group that involves cults in some way. And I think the key aspect of this is the surrendering of your own mind and your own judgments to the group or to something besides yourself. And I think that's pretty appealing in our culture because from a very early age, we're taught and told to conform, that we have to obey somebody else's authority. And then we have this perceived authority that goes on in our heads about the legitimacy of government and people that call themselves certain names, uh, you know, police officers and judges and stuff. And so we live in this whole cult of all of these terms that try to draw us outside of ourselves and not relying on on our own judgment. But to make sense of things. further than that, Wes, um, I mean, even in within the the liberty type community, I mean, there's a there's a great deal of value placed on economics and division of labor says that I uh, I you know abdicate a certain level of uh, responsibility to fixing my car to my mechanic because well he does that so people yeah. tend to uh, you know in the areas that they're ignorant uh, you know turn over control to people who are they perceive to be less ignorant and so if you know somebody's claiming authority in a particular area, I know how to rid you of your thetans, then, well, I didn't even know I had some thetans, but gosh, I don't want any, and I certainly do have thoughts of, uh, you know, bad things that happen to me in my life that haunt me. I'd like those to be gone. What's it going to cost you, mister? Well, all you have to do is take this course, and then the next course, and the next course, and the next course, and the next course. So, Wes, I I do have a question. How many people actually got a passing grade after... (laughs) <laughs> being attached to this e-meter or holding well, on I i'm not sure exactly actually. how it works yeah i don't think anybody did i think that's just a way to get people to get new converts right yeah of course now yeah. i don't even know if some of the you know the trainers uh really believe in this but uh i suspect that some of the higher level you know i guess like john travolta what is he like a at level eight feet in or something I think these people have to believe in it. I mean, I think that these guys have to be true believers to really get into this. I mean, it can't be... What's he doing it for? Right? It can't be that Power? lucrative for the person running that tent. They're probably volunteering. Uh, but more coming up here in a moment. Uh, Wes, you can stick with us. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. 
you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. There are different ways for you to support the program, considering that Free Talk Live is uh, giving you the website for free. You can enjoy all the features that you find there over at freetalklive.com. But if you want to uh, throw us a a Bitcoin tip, you may do so with the Bitcoin tip jar at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. And if you don't know what a Bitcoin is, Mark's going to tell you. That's right. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or no terms of service you've got to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world. No fees. You don't need permission from any banking organization or governmental organization. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. You've got to see this video. Even if you're not ready to start with Bitcoins, you, you should see this video on this, uh, this idea that's changing the Internet and changing the world. And now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit BitInstant.com. BitInstant.com. We're going to continue here with you and your thoughts. Wes is still with us here. Wes Bertrand, the host of Complete Liberty. It's a, it's a great podcast that I'd recommend you check out. Uh, it's over at CompleteLiberty.com. You've been talking to us about uh, Scientology uh, here tonight, Wes, and I don't know if you had more thoughts mm-hmm. on that or if you wanted to move on to NVC, but go ahead. Yeah, it turns out that uh, Travolta is actually an operating Thetan 5, not an 8. 8 is way up there. Now, what the is... Thetans are the bad things that are inside you, but the good things that one attains by being in the club? I don't understand. Well, I think they classify it by how many Thetans you've gotten rid of. So as you go up in the number, you, you have less Thetans operating in you. It also means how many dollars you've gotten rid of as well, because each <laughs> new level costs quite a bit of money, as I understand it. Correct. Exactly, yes. And a true hallmark of a cult. It's interesting because I'm just starting a series on religion in my podcast. I, I've not really delved into religion much, just tangentially once in a while, um, because I've been focused on the statist memes primarily. But I read excerpts, excerpts from a book called The Guru Papers, Masks of Authoritarian Power. And uh, they make an interesting distinction between religions and cults. It, it seems like the bottom line is that religion is basically socially acceptable. And it's gotten to the point, the cult has gotten to the point where they have like scripture and, and symbols and, and rituals that they do that are uh, very predominant. I see. Yeah, so do and, most and religions. So, what's that? Most religions also have rituals that are very predominant. Well, that's yes, why. Yes, that's that's the point. Is that when a cult progresses to the point where they have you know a, a scripture that they refer to and and symbols and all these rituals and, and the trappings that go along with it, then it would be considered a religion instead of just a cult. Right. You're defining the line between cult and religion, which. It's it's hard to define, really. I mean, the, I think you're right. It's popularity. Though. Yeah, it ultimately is popularity. When does those when do those lines get crossed? I think it just all depends. But I, I would say that's as good of a, a an indicator as as any. I mean, certainly cults don't have movies made about their uh, their cult leaders. Uh, like for instance, Christianity. There's plenty of. Uh, Christian movies, you know, about Jesus and such. And even with uh, Scientology, uh, there are movies uh, being made about them. So does that mean that uh, Scientology has crossed into uh, being a religion? It very well could be seen that way, I think. Um, But then, of course, we have to look at the psychological side. Why are people drawn to these kinds of symbols and rituals and, and, and ideas? And I think it's mostly to try to find some semblance of Certainty, maybe some certitude about you know what's going on in their life and some sure. meaning. 
they're looking for they're right they're looking for answers in their own life but also answers about the universe and you know what Mm -hmm. things that are beyond them what all that means and historically religion has been able to supply those to people although less and less effectively over time as science has been debunking many of these religious uh, you know myths yeah exactly and that's what the authors of uh, the guru papers point out too it's uh, science has progressively pushed religion you know, uh, to the to the outskirts in a sense, where you know, mostly to to advocate deism is kind of the only last vestige of uh, religion one can advocate without uh, entering some contradictions or you know, countering the evidence that's been found by science. And deism would but, be where uh, the the God created everything and then just kind of hands off at that point. Is that yeah, exactly. So we're we're here to understand the, the mechanics and the, the nature of the universe through the methods of science. And I think, you know, the founding fathers, uh, if I might use sort of a cultish term, um, sort of looked at the universe that way, that, that they kind of thought that God was out there in this realm that was not really imposing on, on our everyday reality. So tell and, me about tell me uh, about MVC. I mean, nonviolent communication. You're a big advocate of this, and I think it's yeah. it's your advocacy of NVC is what has really made it uh, pretty popular, at least around Probably some of the people that fault. I know. Yes, indeed. I I, th- I think to some extent that it has risen from uh, your avocations. Yeah, well, I encountered it in the fall of 2010, and uh, a friend of mine, Kevin, who I co-host uh, another podcast, Healthy Mind Fit Body, with, said that uh, NVC is kind of like RTR on steroids. How's that for jargon? What's RTR? Well, RTR is real-time relationships, is what Stefan Molyneux uh, of freedomainradio.com okay. has a book by that same name, Real-Time Relationships the logic of love. And uh, that's, that's about uh, developing curiosity about your emotions and being able to express them with another person when you're in conflict with them or when you're um, just wanting to resolve something. So I ended up looking at NBC, and I, I originally looked at it a few months prior to that because a friend of mine actually went on a retreat with Rosenberg for about 10 days, and he's in Southern California. He's the one who introduced me to it. And I just kind of gave it a cursory glance, and I dismissed it because I, I just saw some of the you know warm and fuzzy, bleeding heart liberal sort of vibe to it, just from the meetup page actually. Mm-hmm. So I didn't delve into it. But then when Kevin mentioned this again to me, I, I decided, okay, I'm going to go check it out. And I watched some of Rosenberg's videos on YouTube, and I was really impressed by his level of psychological insight. And I think the main thing that that hooked me on it in terms of wanting to disseminate it was the fact that when people are really connected with what they're feeling and what they're needing without moral judgment of other people or with themselves, I mean, there's a lot of self-shaming and self-blaming that goes along with the shaming and blaming of others. When they're connected in that genuine fashion to themselves, they're, they're able to relate to others in a way that enables them to get their needs met. And this is pretty fascinating because as liberty activists, we do want to get our needs for autonomy and choice and respect and fairness met. And right now, I mean, as long as we have government, those needs are going to go unmet. So I was looking for this methodology by which you can finally actually achieve what we want. And it seems that Rosenberg has really developed an insightful methodology by which to do this. Um, I really understand and appreciate Nick's statements as well as Johnson's about the misuse of it, perhaps, or the perceived misuse of it. And I think that the way that Johnson structured that on that Facebook page, I read that as well. Um, that is kind of like being a steamroller, I guess, for advocating this process, because there was no checking in with you, Ian, as to what you're feeling and eating right off the right off the bat. It was more about 
cataloging all these things that I know about you or I'm suspecting about you and then what you need. So it can come across, like Justin says, as patronizing if you, if you do it that way. Definitely can. Uh, stick with us, Wes. We can bring it back here in a moment at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And what is it that NVC, Nonviolent Communications, offers that just, you know, focusing on empathizing and understanding and listening to somebody doesn't? It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features that uh, you can enjoy there. So head over there and enjoy those on us. Uh, tonight here in the studio with you, it's Ian. Daryl. And Mark. All right. So again, freetalklive.com. Features there include stuff like our listening choices. We've got broadband, mid-band, and narrowband versions of the show. Different uh, stream sizes and uh, for different internet connection sizes, you can go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in there. Also, our radio listening choices, over 100 great AM and FM stations across the country, airing the show at various times throughout the week, including also uh, XM satellite radio. You can go there and learn about the two XM channels that we're on. In addition to that, our KU band free-to-air channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears over at listen.freetalklive.com. We're on with Wes Bertrand. He is the host of Complete Liberty, an excellent liberty-oriented podcast that also, I think, focuses on some self-improvement as well. And I think self-improvement is very important. But uh, we're talking with Wes, and actually, I had the pleasure, and Mark, you did as well, of uh, meeting Wes many uh, years ago now. It's been several years. I've met him a couple of times. Yeah, well, he lived in New Hampshire uh, when we made the move up here. He was actually at our welcome, you know, welcome. They have these welcome to New Hampshire kind of get-together sorts of things sometimes for folks that uh, that move up here, and uh, that's where where I met Wes for the first time. And uh, unfortunately, Wes, you had to leave New Hampshire due to uh, health reasons, as I understand it. And you've since, I guess, gotten through that uh, that phase in your life, but uh, you're still trying to make your way back to New Hampshire and also, I guess, uh, handle a number of other opportunities that have come up for you in in the time in between when you left. Is that accurate? Yeah, I was back there in, the let's see, 2006, 2007. And I remember when you guys moved there, actually, I was already there. I'm, I got there before you guys did, <laughs> back when Russell Canning was there. That's right. And, uh, and you are coming back, to, right? Uh, what's that? You are coming back to New Hampshire at some point. It, yes, it is definitely in my sight. Uh, I aim to get there in definitely within two years, but hopefully by next year. Great. Um, the reason I, I left, one of the reasons was to try to get in a clinical trial to treat my type 1 diabetes, but uh, that fell through, so I'm still uh, on the search for another way to do it, and I think I've I've kind of found a way. I was talking with Stephanie on one of my shows uh, previously about uh, possibly doing maybe something in the black or gray market. We'll see. Right but, on. Uh, 
Well, good. Yeah. I'm look, looking Whatever forward to having you back up here because I think that you, you know, you're a great thinker and uh, you're certainly a good communicator as well, excellent communicator of the ideas of freedom. We were talking about uh, NVC, this nonviolent communication, and uh, I was a bit of a critic and still am of some of the aspects of NVC as I proceeded or as I perceived them to be kind of the hallmarks of, uh, of a self-improvement cult. Uh, which is different from a religious cult like uh, like Scientology. It's certainly not as uh, as dangerous. If anything, it's only dangerous to certain people in their in their pocketbooks who might spend uh, too much of their money going to seminar after endless seminar. And one of the things I guess that's good about NVC is that they don't necessarily charge for a lot of their materials that are being put out there. And that's been your experience, right? Exactly. Yeah, like I noted to you, I actually haven't spent a dime other than I did purchase a copy of Nonviolent Communication, which is uh, Rosenberg's seminal work, and I gave it to my sister and her husband. So I thought that'd be an effective way to uh, help them because really uh, 50% of marriages end in divorce, and my, my background's in counseling, and, and I understand the nature of conflict between human beings. And uh, I can't think of anything else besides NBC that would really get to the heart of the matter. Uh, literally, I mean, this is designed to really have people communicate what's most alive in them, as Rosenberg would say, in, in where they're in a realm where they're wanting to understand each other and meet each other's needs. And the way that, that NBC presents this is through an understanding of our needs. And I noticed that you mentioned that uh, that it may come across as being needy because there's all this talk about needs, and you're saying kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that we just have these physical needs and and survival, shelter, and and food and stuff. But the other stuff are kind of like questionable, or maybe they're just wants, right? I think they can be really important, uh, but they're ultimately wants. I, well, I think you know, that it's all wants. I mean, I want to eat, and you know, if I don't, I die. If I, I well, want, I think that's the difference between, in my opinion, the difference between a want and need. Is I, a need I disagree. Is far more important. A person who doesn't get uh, what they need on a psychological or social level will die too. It will kill them early. I want to have entertainment in my life, but I don't need to have it. There are a lot. Of, I think you do. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Well, maybe entertain. Well, yeah, entertainment could be seen as a need. Fun. We have a need for fun, enjoyment, and excitement, and stuff. And and this gets into some of the hashing out about what is in the needs and what isn't in the needs, because uh, you know wants can be, as Hannah mentioned in that Facebook thread, that they can be seen as a way to get needs met. The underlying needs sometimes aren't even noticed, you know. And so the way I look at the needs that Rosenberg presents is. This is the way for us as biological organisms, these are the requirements to live and flourish as human beings, to actualize our potential. You know, and Maslow, in his hierarchy of needs, he had uh, at the top of the pyramid was self-actualization. And I think this connects directly with that by saying, okay, not only do we have these physical needs, we have these psychological needs as well because we're social animals. We want to connect with others. We want you know, intimacy and love and, and connection and, and compassion. There you go. Now you're using the right term. You want those things, and uh, they're good to have. They're very healthy, healthy to have these things. But ultimately, we all have everything we need because we're here talking. So we've been fed. We've, uh, you know, we've drank things. We've had sleep, and we're here. So the, our needs are met uh, But from do that, you understand from how when you say this, that you, you are redefining, culturally redefining the term needs? Because Maslow's got needs locked down when you talk to people educated people i do i think that every educated person that i know most people that make it out of high school know what maslow's hierarchy of needs are and so at least they know that it exists what's that 
It's in all the psych textbooks. Right. So whether or not they can name any of them doesn't they they understand hierarchy needs. The next word is Maslow's. Uh, the difference between need not, and want is not very Freeman. different. Uh, you know, one of the definitions of need is an urgent want, as of something requisite. It's a requirement, a necessary duty or obligation. Oh, I mean, and it's not Webster either. There's it's a Maslow. Okay, so Maslow has his definition. He's a psychologist. Good for him. I think we can all have our own uh, understandings of what these mean. And I just, you know, for me, it was a turnoff when I started hearing somebody talk about all these needs. It was like, whoa, boy. (laughs) I agree with that part. You Uh, don't need those things. uh, I'm reading the Wikipedia article on NVC right now. And Uh the second paragraph, I'm just going to read this first sentence. It says, NVC is based on the idea that all human beings have the capacity for compassion and only resort to violence or behavior that harms others when they don't recognize more effective strategy for meeting needs. So is there a way that you could figure out what other people's needs, wants, desires, etc. are without the jargony sort of language of i feel that you are seeking this as a need yeah so they have a four-step methodology that that just simplifies it and prunes it down to the essentials and rosenberg emphasizes that in the training seminars to to teach people how to speak and and think really in a different way than they're trained to in our culture which is thinking in terms of moral judgments of right and wrong and good and bad and accusing people of things and criticizing and shaming and blaming. And and we do see a lot of that within the liberty movement as well. When people aren't meeting our need for respect and autonomy and choice, uh, there's a tendency of like, what are you doing? Shame on you, right? But this is going to create barriers. This is going to create defensiveness in the person you're accusing of doing something wrong, right? So he is focused on how we relate to other people where we're grounded in our own unmet needs. Like, I'm feeling very frustrated and upset because I have a need for some autonomy here. I have a need for some choice. And I guess even that, the way you say it, the tone of voice and so forth, can indicate to the other person whether or not you're you're wanting to understand them or rather just judge them based on this, this jargon vocabulary, for instance. Wes, uh, I, I imagine you talk about this pretty often on uh, Complete Liberty, the podcast, yes? I do, and, and Nick mentioned that I, I did a series on it, but it was actually on unconditional parenting. I actually refer to nonviolent communication quite a bit in that, too. And folks can go and learn more about you and what you're doing over at CompleteLiberty.com. Looking forward to seeing you next time you get up here. I hope it's sooner rather than later, man. Yeah, you betcha. Thanks for the call. Thanks. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Your thoughts are welcome. The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Did you know they're having a conference? You could meet fellow forward thinkers and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. It's May 31st to June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. Discounted registration prior to May the 1st. Special rates for students and the press. Get 10% off with promo code FTL. Get registered before May the 1st at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Seasteading.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe not time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Daryl. 
And Mark. We continue here. Take your phone calls about whatever you want. Also, I uh, wanted to mention the Free State Project again. We are just talking with Wes Bertrand about it. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about a movement of like-minded people who love the ideas of freedom but don't necessarily agree on everything. Uh, the, you know, personally, like for instance, there's some people like Wes. I, I don't think Wes would consider himself religious at all, but some people are very devoted Christians or other religions. There's Muslims. Uh, all manner of different folk can come together under the banner of liberty because we all – one thing we agree on is that other people should be free to live life how they want. Other people should be free to believe in what they want. As long as they don't hurt anybody else, no problem. So people that love liberty get together to the same place here in New Hampshire. That's the place. There are already a thousand people here as part of the Free State Project. Daryl, you're one of the newest movers to New Hampshire. And thus far, you know, what's it been like? I really enjoy it. I set up a blog on free agents last night. and That's fr33agents.com. fr33agents.com and posted my first article there hmm. and titled it, I'm Finally Home. Oh, really? Yes. That's cool. So, big difference from Texas. Yes. Uh, I had only lived in Texas for roughly 14 months. I'm originally from Alabama. I've moved around a lot. Lived in Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Missouri, Arizona. Big difference from a lot of those places, I imagine. I've done more activism in the last three weeks than probably the previous two years. Yeah, and you actually have already been banned from uh, the local college, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Yes, for... uh, (laughs) cavorting with you (laughs) apparently apparently if you're nearby uh me uh then you are subject to being banned from the college i I was banned for using a megaphone at least that's what i thought but you never touched the megaphone you didn't have any flyers you were handing out to people you were just there with me and maybe you talked to a few folks while i was your ride pretty much and you got pulled over and uh, actually i've just posted the video of that pullover over at freekeen.com so you can see both uh, daryl and i being issued the no trespassing warnings uh, or orders or notices or whatever they're called by the Keene Police Department officer who actually also works on the New Hampshire Drug Task Force. And there's a bit of an an interesting moment in this video where the Drug Task Force officer asks me a question about why I made fun of him. He says, why did you make fun of me for smoking a cigar on the Keene Police fan page? And I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't make fun of you. What do you what do you mean? And he says, well, I don't mean you. So he was using the, the collective, the collective you, view, right? So as though we're all the same thing and everything we do, we're all doing, we're all individually Together. responsible for everything that everyone else does. It's but, proof, kids, that if you hang out with Ian, it'll go down in your permanent record. But what he was referring to is the Keen Police fan page that you can find on Facebook. Uh, that some, I believe some activists created this. And there's pictures of different uh, police officers on the Keen Police fan page. It wasn't my creation. I think it's a brilliant idea, but it uh, wasn't me. And there's different pictures of different officers. And in one of his photos of uh, Officer Jason Short is him smoking a cigar. And, and I, as I understand it, that photo was taken from his personal Facebook page. Oh, really? <laughs> I, and I can't imagine that's publicly accessible anymore. Uh, but uh, the this guy smoking a cigar, he's on the drug task force. So he asked me, why... Why did you make fun of me? Well, I didn't make fun of you. I don't even know what you're talking about. So he explains that this photo's there, and it's on the uh, King Police fan page. And so I speculated to him. I said, well, you know, I'm just speculating here, but maybe it has to do with the fact that you're on the drug task force, and there you are using a drug, essentially. You know, you're using nicotine, and yet you put people in cages for smoking a different plant. And he actually admitted that he got the irony of that. 
like he understood the the irony, the inconsistency there. And I don't know, maybe there's hope. I, I feel like there there's hope because I, I used to this guy used to come off as not as nice to me in my you know, in, interpretation of his behavior. He didn't come off as uh, as cordial and as friendly as he is today. He's a lot nicer today. In fact, he says he even listens to Free Talk Live and enjoys the program. So, hi, Jason, uh, if you're out there uh, tonight. And so you can see the video of us getting pulled over and uh, getting ticketed for – or not ticketed, but getting no trespass orders. We're banned for a year for yeah. basically engaging in free speech. There's actually an attorney that seems interested in this case, so we'll see if that goes anywhere. I don't expect it to, but we'll keep you informed. Uh, go to Just looks like a guy with a cigar to me. That's, yeah, he's a guy with a cigar. Yeah. But – Anyway, he was concerned because people were poking fun at him, and I kind of speculated as to why that might be. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. David is in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. David. Hey, I need, I'm in need of my rush to call into Free Talk Live. You, you do this for a, for a rush, huh? Is it an adrenaline That's jolt? Right. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a quick and easy rush. It's you know? true. I'm an, old, I'm an old guy. You know, I was in a school from 61... To seventy of my grammar school, mm-hmm. and the nuns used to talk like that nonviolent communication. That's how nuns talked to me when I was little. Hmm. Huh. So I always heard that nuns are you know notorious for wrapping people on the finger. Uh, no, you know, their, but their when knuckles. they talk to you, they talk just like the way you were talking when you were talking that nonviolent communication talk. I That's see. That's exactly how the nuns of old used to. Interesting. Talk. I would think that if how that make be- you feel. <laughs> I, th- and, I think and that if- then I think cult is just the bad word we use for clubs we don't like because cult is attached to a cult, and then really a cult only means hidden. So if somebody's saying you're a cult, that means that person is lacking knowledge because they don't know what they're talking about about the other people. Once they find out what they're the thing they're calling a cult is they could understand and then it's not a cult no more because you you know you understand they're just ripping people off what are the people that what about the people that wanted to catch the uh that the killed themselves in order to catch the comet or um you know the, the, the heaven's gate cult the heaven's gate cult and, and you know those kind of like really well i'm sure if you if they did an autopsy on all them guys they were probably all on psychotopic drugs you know so you're not talking to people that are you know either that or they're riding a comet and having themselves the time of their lives (laughs) (laughs) but i'm I'm just saying like a cult is something that we put uh, is a bad word because we got a club out here called the dirty hand club you know and it's like a cult man people love gardeners and gardening it is for gardeners okay (laughs) yeah you know, you could be pretty soon. It's gonna be a cult. You know, if you if you want to grow your own organic food, but you must be crazy. The government could give you food that's good and GMO for you. And so, you know, they we could put cult on anything, really. You know, and it's just a bad word for club. Well. I don't know. I think that there are certain uh, factors that define cults versus clubs. Well, and then, the, then the government is a cult. I can't yes, leave my it country. Is. I can't leave my country and go to another country. You are absolutely correct. The government is a, a total cult. And everything, they'll shoot me, put me in jail, call me a terrorist. That's right. And that's one of the differences between a cult and a club is leaving the cult is very difficult, while cl- typically leaving cults is difficult. You're, you're intimidated, for instance. There's an article I have here. We're not going to 
have time to share tonight. But uh, Placido Domingo Jr. Uh, says he was retaliated against when he attempted to leave Scientology after 20 years. And David, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate right. hearing from you. Eight five five four fifty free. Maybe I can hold off on this. We can talk a little bit more about uh, Ms. Placido Domingo's situation. But it's obviously not going to do it justice, uh, Daryl. But do you want to summarize the uh, the eighth graders and what happened to them with the certainly? Freedom? It was Spry Middle School in Webster, New York. Uh, apparently, on March fourth, there was a school pep rally of some sort that was planned. And the 8th grade students had planned a protest because one of their classmates had been arrested for marijuana. Oh my. So they were going to wear shirts that said freedom and free whatever the student's name was. And during the pep rally, whenever it was time for them, you know, their class to do the school cheer and try to be the loudest to win the spirit stick, (laughs) they intended to all yell freedom. Nice. The principal, however, took the entire class aside and told them that there would be repercussions, detention, possible suspension, and of course, this will go on your permanent record <laughs> if they went through with their planned protest to shout oh, freedom. So, so did they? At last minute, they called a audible. And when it was the eighth graders' turn to cheer, there was total silence. So rather than do what the school wanted them to cheer, how the school wanted them to cheer, they didn't cheer at all. Right. And since they were threatened with suspension and right. permanent record God. for yelling freedom, they sat in total silence. Tell me this isn't a cult. You know, I mean, that's that's I, the, the leaders of the organization are attempting to uh, shout down dissension. It's crazy. And what a joke, the idea that there's any free speech on uh, any school campus, whether it be elementary, middle, high school, even college. It's all a huge joke. Uh, We're out of time for tonight. Be back tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am mad. Do you Today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com.